0: Welcome to the Off The Charts Football Podcast. I'm Matt Manicharian of Sports Info Solutions, joined by the R&D Jamboree, Bryce Rossler, James Weaver, and Alex Vigderman. We have built up a healthy amount of animosity over the last few weeks, and we are going to continue the rivalry between the scouts and the stats. Alex, I was going to ask you how you are, but I know that you are probably tired of me asking you about different ways that we could rejigger last week's stats
1: list so aside from that how are you i guess is where i'll go well i went outside today which was you touched grass it was ill-advised i you know i don't know if anybody else we're on the east coast for most of us here and the sky is raining fire so that was that was unpleasant but i did get a wawa sandwich which was pleasant
2: does the sky raining fire have anything to do with you guys having Rob
1: Havenstein as your number four <laughs> offensive tackler or whatever? I'll have him at the top of my list when hell free... Yeah, no. I don't think it does. I, hey, so, you know, after looking at that,
0: I can't I can't even hate on the Havenstein anymore. Because James and, and Alex, I got them to rejigger the list and basically just look at it as as completely a rate stat for total points as opposed to the volume and just set minimums in terms of snaps. And when we set it to 2,000 snaps over the three seasons, Havenstein was still the fourth, the number four ranked offensive tackle. So I don't know, James, you felt you felt pretty
3: good about that, huh? Oh, yeah. Couldn't feel any better. Don't think we could have changed our list in any way, shape, or form from last week. Higher sources than me said I had to, and that just threw it right back in your face. Shameless. Hey, hey, at least the way that I had it, you had Trent Williams at number seven, at least making, making the list there. That's true. Yeah, we got him and we got him and Tunsil back in. So that that did have some positive vibes to it.
0: We always say I'm a mathematical genius and you guys are mere peons. Spoiler alert, that's never what we say. All right. So coming back, coming back to the matter at hand, Gouts versus Stats, raining fire on Alex. Alex, you know I was in India just several months ago and I experienced that level of pollution every day in a way that shocked me. That's like it's like worse than that every day there. And uh, I think you're going to find that out in a couple months here too, huh?
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. I will be taking. Oh, a you won't nice. be in Delhi. I don't know. I don't know if outside Delhi it's like that. It's my. I mean, having spoken to my wife who walked to work this morning, she was like, Psh! <laughs> "Like, I don't care about no. this." <laughs> yeah. So yeah.
0: All right. Cool. And Bryce, so you're not you're not being affected by that down in Oklahoma?
2: No, it's just starting to get hot here. It'll be miserable in a couple weeks.
0: Yeah. All right.
2: Cool. Well. Yeah. Cool.
0: Yeah. Awesome. I had some friends ask me about, you know, if we're really starting to get tension between between us on the scouts versus stats. Like, how real is the frustration when when Bryce is yelling about Rob
1: Havenstein? I don't know. How would you guys answer that? I think the more times, I think this past week was definitely the the worst because it's never good when you're the the numbers person and somebody's just like, rerun it. It's wrong. <laughs> That's always. <laughs> That's always an enjoyable experience so the rest of it's fine.
2: your friends think I'm like a performance actor no they think that you're very very real like like
1: you're you're Jeremy strong in succession Oh God I don't want to be compared to Jeremy strong in succession I have had people concerned on my behalf for being like maligned as like being referred to as a nerd so I do want to, to clear the air that I accept this term and am, am fully I embrace that. So, who are your friends? They can get bullied too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, the, I did sit at a table with a bunch of people, a bunch of like valedictorians and whatever. And, and, so, yeah. Oh, my, grunt. My How did you have a table of valedictorians? So you have be, one? Well, in the well, in the sense that there was one person who was the valedictorian or was the first, number one in the class for basically the entirety of high school, and then got passed in the last semester, and therefore the person who actually spoke was the was was only the the top of the class for that last little bit.
0: Hey you know what we call that first guy where I come from? Non-valedictory. Sure. And yeah, like <laughs> he's just he's just a guy. Like he you didn't finish in first place. I don't care if you were leading
1: through, a, through the first inspired at Joey Mansky.
2: The nerds have participation trophies too. Joey Mansky, Tommy Nansky. I got them all. <laughs> all
1: right. On <laughs> to
0: the actual matter at hand. Scouts versus stats. If you don't remember the rules, they are simple. Me and Bryce put our heads together and we put together a list of who we think the top 10 X in the NFL are. This week, we did corners. And just for specificity, we included slot corners in the mix here. While we put together our list based on our scouting eye, James and Alex went and put their heads together and created a purely statistical analysis of their top 10 list. And this is the part of the episode where I give Alex a minute to explain what they looked at.
1: Yeah. So last time we talked about offensive tackles and we don't have like a ton of distinct metrics to analyze offensive linemen at this point, we do have a variety of things to talk about cornerbacks with. So we have, what, like a dozen different metrics included here. The primary piece here is pass coverage total points, which is going to incorporate a lot of the elements that other stats that we're going to include here have but the total points and and for what it's worth this is the volume version of total points because it's only well part of the idea here is that compared to the offensive line version last week this total points is only like a third of the metric so it's not driving the volume is not driving things nearly as much and in fact you'll we'll see as we go along that there's definitely some guys with relatively small track records that we're putting at the top here so pass coverage total points biggest thing we also have run defense and pass rush total points, much less valuable pass rush being the least, especially because that's often just driven by what you're being asked to do. But run defense is, is a relatively important part of cornerback play. It might not be the sort of thing that you guys were thinking of in terms of, of your grades. So I wouldn't be surprised if there are some players who are like better in run support that wouldn't pop to mind from your perspective.
0: We we did it holistically, but admittedly, that was yeah. I mean,
1: we're, 5% of how we were thinking. About it. And that's that roughly what we're talking about here as well, so. So then we're, we have a little bit of little bit of color with schematic usage type stuff, like a few percentage points for press coverage rate and slot corner rate, where we're prioritizing players who can play in press and can play on the outside. It's a pretty small effect, and some of that is sort of incorporated within the value of, of throws within total points in terms of like slot throw, throws on the interior of the field versus lined up outside. Then we get into some more like tackling things, broken miss tackle rate hand on ball percentage how often you're getting your your hands on the ball whether it's fumbles interceptions passes deflected that sort of thing and deserved catch rate which is a measure mm-hmm. Matt hates this metric it's basically the the percentage of catchable throws that that the corner allows for completions or for drops basically a, a drop still counts as a completion in terms of of allowing passes so it's it's kind of an adjusted completion percentage basically for corners
0: yeah, it's not terrible. I overstate how much I hate it. Can I ask a yeah. quick question though about something you already said? Yes. Cuz you were flying through. Press, I understand you you're you're valuing people who press more. That mm. that creates value on your list. That makes sense to me. In terms of slot versus outside, if there's somebody who plays 100% outside versus somebody who's mixing between slot and outside,
1: how is that what is preferred there? Yeah, so it's it would be 100% outside. It's basically just the a a linear we outside is better. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, I could see the argument for basically being flexible, being a valuable thing.
0: Right. But basically, you're trying to avoid inside guys that create a lot of value by being inside guys from getting to the top of the list, which I think makes sense.
3: Yeah. being yeah. behind the curtain, there was some slight
1: infighting on that number. Yeah, I, I had those numbers, the yeah. press coverage and, and slot coverage a little bit higher, and James had me, had me nudge them down. So think that, Tommy Nansky. And then the last few are penalties, which is often going to be defensive holding PI type stuff, yards after catch per completion, which is definitely included in the total points from pass coverage, but we wanted to to sort of extract that out as well. And then positive play percentage allowed in man coverage. So focusing on players who are succeeding more in man coverage. And and again, this is a relatively small percentage of the overall calculation, but we definitely are, are... expressing a preference for being good in man coverage
0: and as usual i presume it is a marcel the monkey based three-year
1: model three-year weighted average but this will definitely come up players who have not played as as many as three years don't get penalized for that so a player who only has a couple I can't imagine, years who, who are you thinking of yeah uh, think last year who just had one good season i have no idea yeah so we'll we'll talk about that later on
0: all right cool We'll go through it. We'll start off, I think we started with nerds last week, so we'll start off with the jocks, that's the scouts versus the stats. With number 10 going up to number one, we'll alternate in a snake draft order. And if we discuss somebody and that is their peak placement on either list, we will go into the full discussion. If they have a higher placement on the other side's list, whether that's the jocks or the nerds, then we'll hold off on our conversation. So number 10, on the jocks list, Bryce, you fought me to include him, so
2: take it away. All right, number 10 on our list is Falcons quarterback, AJ Terrell. Good. Uh, really? We can talk about him. He had, our- some um, stats list.
1: he had some inconsistency for sure over the last couple of years. So, Oh, brother, this thing again. Yeah, I mean, this is this if, of any position that we're going to talk about in this entire exercise. This is the one where variance is relevant.
0: Did you guys think of creating a longer time horizon for this metric because of that? Did you contemplate that at all? I would have probably wanted to contemplate that had I been. I
1: think the problem is that if you have a longer time horizon, you probably substantially downgrade younger players or players who have have shorter track records who have been good in in a smaller sample, and we feel confident will continue to be good. But yeah, I think that, that, that this is the position for which that's the best argument. But if we're talking about like players right now, it's tough because the more years you look for, the less likely it is that they're actually that good right now. And in fact, when we ran the list originally, like there's a decent amount of players who are kind of at the top of, of productivity who just were pretty good a couple of years ago.
0: Right.
2: Okay. Bryce, what do you like about AJ Turrell? I think the biggest thing I like about him is the ball skills. He's a good athlete, but I think he plays the catch point really well. And he's not necessarily like a bigger guy. So it's really nice to see a guy who's known as more of a speed and change of direction guy than like a heightweight speed guy to be able to be physical and play the catch point. Pretty solid in press, like the recovery speed, good in man to man, obviously, but I think I think the biggest thing is is the ball production. How does that align with what you
0: guys
1: saw? Where where would he have stacked up on your on your list? He ends up in the 30s and just from a total points perspective, like he was outstanding in 2021 and was one of the if not the top, one of the top defensive players, basically. And just this past year dropped off a little bit, had you know just allowed more completions, although from a deserved catch percentage was not that much worse, had a little more a little less success in, in terms of tackling. So just like a little bit of a decline in a couple of different dimensions that contributed. And these are the sorts of things that definitely happen. I think that, Matt, to your point about caring about a longer stretch of time, the argument I might have made is looking for peak performance in a larger range of time, saying like, can you cap out at a, at a particularly high level? In that case, Terrell would would definitely have qualified differently than some other players who have been who, who would have been like pretty good for a range of time. So,
0: what you're so saying basically, everybody should know coming into the episode. Cornerback stats notoriously volatile. He basically in that 2021 year did really really well based on the advanced statistics, and then has sandwiched that with sort of two mediocre years as a cover guy. Is that fair to say?
1: Yeah. I mean, if if we just looked at it from like a yards per target perspective in terms of like a, a simple measure, like 8.4 yards per target allowed in his rookie year, and then 3.3 in, in 2021, and then went back up to six this past year. So just pretty pretty volatile, has that one outstanding season and kind of needs to, to show it a little bit more.
0: Yeah, it's pretty interesting. And now uh, that, that the Falcons have sort of rebuilt their defense a little bit they're especially strong, kind of up the middle with their two safeties, them paying Jesse Bates a lot of money. Sort of interesting to see how they'll how they'll deploy out there. Bringing on Jeff Okuda probably figures to start across from AJ Terrell. That could all of a sudden be a good secondary. The other thing about it is, whereas maybe a year ago, nobody wanted to go after AJ Terrell, everybody sort of learned their lesson. Maybe people might end up going in that direction a little bit more. Not sure. Not sure what to make of these Atlanta
2: Falcons right now. I don't think it is very good, but he's he's flashed at times, but nowhere near consistent.
0: Yeah, not somebody that we discussed as a as a top 10 player at this position by any means. Let's go over to number 10 on the stats
3: list. Who did you guys come out with there? So at number 10 on the stats list, we have Michael Davis from the Chargers. Go ahead. Talk about Sweet. So he comes in. And pass coverage total points at 21st. So a lot of the kind of supplemental metrics is what drove him up. He was 11th in run defense total points, 34th in press coverage percentage, and then kind of going down further, further on the uh, supplemental side of things. Was 22nd in hand-on-ball percentage, and yeah, just kind of overall found his way at the at number 10. He We had some other guys that didn't make, make their rounds in due to snaps and some other things, so he did sneak in there at number 10. He's a guy I'm surprised had enough snaps because I, th- I think of him as like basically their third
0: guy out there, right? I guess they had a whole bunch of injuries last year, so he must have played a ton. Oh,
2: he's, uh, their,
1: he's their second guy. Had the second most snaps on our top of 10 list. In over three years or last year? Over three years, but even so, like had hasn't had fewer than 800 in any of the three seasons. I think that speaks a lot to how injured J.C. Jackson and Asante Samuel Jr. have been. That certainly contributes and the Chargers have have some interesting names that we might also be talking. I don't hate the inclusion
2: of Davis. He's a pretty good player. I don't think of him as a top 10 guy, but it's not the most outrageous placement you guys have had over the past couple of weeks. Good bar. I don't I
0: don't have anything I don't have anything to say one way or another about Michael Davis to be honest with you. I'd never considered him for the top 10, so I would have to go back and watch the film now to be able to really comment.
1: One thing to keep in mind, part of the volatility that comes with defensive back performance is that you have the ability to have like crazy negative value in a way that you can't for like a pass rusher. Like it's difficult for a pass rusher to be responsible for a very bad result on their own, whereas a defensive back can give up a 70 yard touchdown or that sort of thing. And so just avoiding really bad stretches, really bad seasons, is pretty valuable for a player who plays as consistently as that.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, looking at his stats, he plays a lot, he gets targeted a lot, and he doesn't give up that many yards, touchdowns, etc. So that, that adds up to a good player. I mean, over the last three years, 90, 73, and 76 targets, that's a lot of targets for anybody, but not a ton allowed his way. So maybe a sleeper, maybe a sleeper there. You've been undervaluing. That's a strong secondary they have. All right, let's go to number nine on your list. Number nine, we have the Chiefs' best, corner luxurious Sneed. Ooh, we can talk about him. I kind of like that. He was on the outside looking in for us. We were, we were very much, we were on the. He was, he was a bubble candidate for us. I think we we ended up with him fifteenth. It looks like in a sort of jumble there, but very easily could have been ninth or tenth. I'm not, I'm not too hot on our number nine or number ten. Interesting. Might have got you guys there.
3: So he was 22nd in pass cover total points. What really sets him apart and really probably what propelled him into the list is being first in pass rush total points. Him coming from the corner blitz has been his kind of bread and butter, along with being a pretty solid secondary guy. From there, 25th in run defense total points. And yeah, he had some real sketchy, kind of some sketchy stuff with the uh, deserves catch percentage penalties. He has the he has he's the lowest rank in terms of penalties allowed in our top 10 list. As well. And then obviously, as in in he has the most penalties, or? Yes, as in he has the most penalties. Yep. And then obviously, for our metric, he gets dinged a little bit from lining up in the slot so much. Yeah, overall, just kind of solid player.
0: Yeah, I think think we would say we kind of agree with this. I don't think of Sneed as somebody with like elite athleticism or ball skills, but I think he's got good size. He's can, there's nobody that you're like afraid when he's lined up against there. I think they do a good job of sort of protecting him so that he's not... And nobody in their secondary is ever really overwhelmed with what they're asked to do there. Like you mentioned, they mix him up, they blitz him some. I think they mix up their coverage as well, and he can fit in. Uh, He's pretty scheme versatile as it comes to what he does. Not elite ball skills, not bad ball skills, kind of pretty good at everything type corner. And I'm not surprised he's on the list because he's been such an important part of them... Basically, playing from
2: ahead over the last couple of years. Bryce, anything you want to add there? I like Snead. I think he's definitely an underrated player, especially because the Chiefs defense has kind of got a reputation over the past couple of years of being a weak spot for that team. So kind of easy to overlook guys on that defense that aren't named Chris Jones. But Was it, was it the playoffs two years ago when he was injured? I remember him being out of the game and it
0: being such a problem for them. Trying to play without him I'm trying to remember I feel like that was Towards the end Of, of two years ago But I, I can't remember Right off the top of my head But yeah Just one of those CODs Where you know We talk about corner being one of these positions Where like It's a weakest link type deal He really Allows everybody To fit into a role That I think They're more qualified for Than they are without him Alright let's go back Over to The Jocks
2: list Bryce
0: Who do we have At number nine Denzel Ward go ahead. You Talking about
2: him He's gonna go Yeah go ahead Man, Denzel Ward. I think I think people have kind of forgotten about him because the Browns were such a clown show this past year. But I think he's been really consistent since entering the league. Very fast player. Seldom gets beat deep. Not the most physical guy on this list. But ever played a full season? Is he? Oh yeah, he's a member of the never played a full season
0: club. Love him. Now I'm really curious if if our number eleven is going to be on the, the nerds list because. I liked our number 11 better than our number 9 and number 10. I don't know. I don't think you're ter- You're not crazy Your Denzel Ward's a good player. He's been a, a good player. I'm definitely biased against guys that never play a full season. But to your point, it's not like he's ever been a weak part of the secondary. You find he's a person that when he's in the game, he's probably going to lock down a pretty good player a good percentage of the time. He travels a bit too. Not somebody that's limited to just one role out there. So I don't know. What do, What do you guys see from a statistical
1: perspective on him? one thing i'll mention in terms of sort of ceiling that you were kind of alluding to is that he you know when when you think of the top corner seasons from a total points perspective that tends to be guys who get above like 50 points saved and and, and really more into like 60s and close to 70 and he's really been sitting in that like 30 to 45 range basically every year so Solid contributor is not having these bad seasons that that a lot of corners do have AJ Terrell included, but is also not having that like outstanding. And to that point, like the he ranks around that same area, actually, as as Terrell, a little bit higher, a little bit better in terms of pass coverage total points, which is really the primary driver here ranks 36th instead of 56th for Terrell.
0: Right. More of just kind of that that pure cover guy, which you get there. A little bit smaller than those two players we discussed on their list on the list before. I I wouldn't imagine that he gets as much as high a percentage of press snaps as those guys, but yeah, solid cover guy. Not a lot, not a lot negative to to sort of say about him. Never allowed above sixty percent completions. Never allowed more than five hundred yards in a season. Pretty good. And they consistently put him on opponents' list. Right. He's moving, and he's he hasn't been the problem there. I think is fair to say. All right, moving up to number eight. On our list, this is my turn to speak about somebody, and it's somebody who had such a trash season last year that I suspect he did not make your list. Zavian Howard. That is correct. Zavian Howard played so poorly last year that he almost didn't make our list. He was in danger there for a second. He's one of the most difficult players to figure out how to handle. We're so used to these guys that didn't play enough snaps, but were really efficient when they played snaps. And we sort of have to do this mental math and I'll argue about it the, for the course of the week. But with somebody like Xavier Howard, this is somebody who going into last year would have been like basically at the very top of this list for me. And I think played injured a large percentage of the year. And by playing injured, I think the advanced stats will show it. I'm sure you guys will let us know, but I know certainly the eyeball test showed it. He was torched over and over again last year and was not even close to his best self. And I think that he is an interesting case study in, in the volatility of corners and sort of what they can be as players. I argued for him to be on the list because I'm still not sure that he isn't the best corner on his own team. Um, hint, we'll talk about him as later. It's, it's also possible that he's peaked. His best days are behind him. We're, we'll find out a lot as far as that goes this year. If he, he's back up at that level of performance he was at before or if last year was the beginning of the end for him. I will say this is a public service announcement for players, and for all the times players get crushed for not playing through injuries, Davian Howard is an example of the opposite, and it is how the analytics will punish you for playing through injuries
1: if you do not play to your usual standard when you do so. Yeah, just to give a flavor of, of the variability here, in seasons in which he played an appreciable... Uh, number of games just going down the list of total points fifty three twenty nine sixty six forty three six that's six being the most recent season so like mm. that's yeah. That might be, you know, I'm I haven't looked, but that might be the worst single season of any one that we're gonna talk about today. Yeah. It's like below replacement level. Not good.
3: All right. Number eight on the stats side. Yes yeah, so number eight on the stat side we have Michael Jackson from the Seahawks. Hee <laughs> hee Keep talking about him and keep singing out. So he has some pretty solid stuff in terms of total points. He was 10th in total points and pass coverage total points. And he was also third in run defense total points. A little bit further down on pass rush, but corners aren't meant to blitz as much as they do. Other than that, nothing really else kind of jumps off. He's just kind of a middling player for the rest of the defensive stats that are on the end. But his total points production is what lofted him into, lofted him into our
1: top 10. And it's total points production that is really twenty twenty two. Right. And, and this is not an example of a player who played one year like he, he was, in fact, around for the other two years. And it's just the the performance in the one most recent season, which is the one that we care about the most, it, that, that sort of drives things here.
0: So this would be an example of a player that would not have made my list if I had been on the stats side because he, I don't know what the snaps cut off I would have used. It would have been less than the one that I give you guys for offensive linemen but he would not have qualified in terms of snaps. He had 35 snaps before last season over his career. But that said, you're saying he did play the full season last year, and he played well enough that on a rate stats, you guys have him there.
1: Yeah, we'll see. Well, Sauce Gardner is a person who we expect to exist on our assists and – in order to support a list that might contain that player, you have to make some other compromises. So this is a part of the the effect of that. Interesting, interesting. Uh, Cherry picking. Oh yeah, for sure.
0: I don't have any hot Michael Jackson takes, That's Bryce. Any anything surprising. anything you would you would want
2: to jump out and say there? No, I think he's a solid corner. For what it's worth, some of the Seahawks buffs I know really like him and think that he's probably their best corner. Even with Is that, the Maddie, year, Maddie's Maddie, figure? yeah, Maddie and Griff. I hope they said that. I hope I'm not misquoting them, but I know they
0: like him. I expect another Seahawks corner on the nerd list. That's interesting, though, to hear some very smart people and the know that I really like this player. Sometimes the best things that come out of these sessions are we learn that there are some players that we should dig back in on the film, on the film up to kind of learn a little bit more about Michael Jackson senior might be one of
3: those. All right. After MJ, let's go to number seven on your list. We have JC Jackson. More Jacksons. Speaking of players who had bad 2022s. JC
0: Jackson did not make our list. We brought him up and he was on the outside looking in for honorable mention. So that probably puts him at somewhere around like 20 on our list. Is that fair, Bryce?
2: Something like that, yeah. He got benched last year, just like flat out benched.
3: Yeah, he had a a rough start and then injury took over, I believe, the rest of that season, but yeah well this time of the patriots he was certainly solid and one of those diamond in the roughs that belichick always likes to pull out in terms of our ranks he was seventh in pass cover total points third in hand on ball percentage so he's always making plays on the ball 17th in press coverage percentage which is second out of players in the top 10 seems to be lining up more in press coverage more often than his peers in the top 10 and yeah overall just had some solid middle of the road supplemental metrics the rest of the way forward but yeah or can't pass the fact of him getting benched last year
1: and then having a very, very rough start to the year. Yeah, the, just to underscore that, 16 yards per target in 2022. <laughs> That's not great. 16 yards per completion would also not be great. Same number for
0: the yards per target and yards per completion seems like a problem too. Well, yeah, that, yeah, that would be... <laughs>
2: that. That is not what's
0: happening. But
1: yeah, zero total points. So I lied about six being the worst, but also playing five games doesn't help.
0: Right. What an interesting one because... This was a very productive player for the Patriots, who I think I would argue got probably overpaid and met some consequences last year. I don't think he's like a benchably bad player, but certainly some concern there. And I I don't know what to make of him playing outside of that system going forward.
2: Bryce, where do you come down? I don't think he's like a pure man-to-man guy. I think part of the reason he was so productive with the Patriots is because he was... Able to play with his eyes on the quarterback. He's not a guy that I think you really put on a number one man-to-man all game and and shut him down. Obviously, it, it's it's hard to totally discount the ball production from his time in New England. But I just I don't know. I don't I don't think he's like the an an alpha, so to speak. Right, kind of like more of a more of a slot dude that had
0: some productive time, plays with toughness, but. Maybe, maybe not a fit for his current role. Definitely be interesting to keep an eye on their, their secondary going forward. Man, the, the Chargers are kind of a, a bit of a confusing team right now. The more that I think about them, I, I guess they really processed a lot of the offseason yet, but you could see it going in either direction pretty strongly for them. There's a, there's a path where they're, where they're a Super Bowl champion and there's a path where the wheels come off, I think.
1: Well, yeah, there's a lot of expectation about what that offense is going to look like this year. And if that doesn't blow the doors off, then there are a lot more questions.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't, I couldn't imagine how the offense isn't
1: pretty good just based on what sure. they have coming back and stuff like that. But yeah, but pretty good is not really what the names on the jerseys and whatever would suggest.
0: Fascinating. Uh be interesting to keep an eye on. All right. That was number seven on your side. Now number seven on the side. Bryce, you want this? Saw you. Marshawn Lattimore. Are we talking about him? Yep, good. Marshawn Lattimore, what can I say? Somebody that I missed on coming out. I did not think he would be the player that he is now because since he's been in the league, there's never been a question about the height, weight, speed, the ability to hang with people in man-to-man just like Bryce was saying a couple of guys we've talked about so far are not the types that you can just lock them up with somebody and and call it a day. Marshawn can lock you up. He can press you to death. He can make you play 10 on 10. He can do all that stuff. And coming out of Ohio State, I thought that he was an inconsistent performer and I was nervous about the way that that would carry over. But I think what you've seen is he was probably bored by a lot of what he was asked to do at Ohio State because he's every bit athletic enough to play basically every receiver in the league. Still some inconsistency in his game here and there, but I think he's a tremendous corner, true number one. And he's, you know, pains me to put him ahead of Xavier and Howard because I think Howard at his peak has been better. But I think for right now, this is exactly the the right spot of, of the list where he should be.
2: I, I think the the only real knock on Lattimore is that he can be a bit overly aggressive at times he's very physical but he's given up some some big plays over the years just being a little handsy and and overplaying his hands so to speak but the ability is
1: is absolutely there yeah and to to bryce's point like one of the lower rated players that we'll talk about today in terms of penalties in terms of yards after catch allowed so allowing those big plays that sort of thing he is an example of a player who's who gets dinged by our measure because he got hurt in twenty twenty two. So like I think that realistically he could have been in the back end of our top ten if he had played a full season.
0: Yep. Somebody who travels with dudes only seven games played last year, but aside from that has been a more durable player. But yeah, there are the inconsistencies, six touchdowns allowed each year, 2020 and 2021. Uh, And that speaks to what you guys are saying, that there's nobody that he's going to back down from in a in a matchup. And to lose sometimes which is uh puts him right here in this sort of red chip level of the conversation. All right. Where are we now?
2: Number 6 on the on the scouts list, right? We got the Buffalo Bills Trey White. Go ahead, man. Ooh. Okay, so uh, this is another player that was injured in 2022, so I guess it's not that shocking that you guys don't have him on your list. I thought he looked pretty good after he came back from injury. He's been a really good player for them. The seasons before that, kind of took some time to get his legs back under him. This past season, but I think when he's healthy, he's definitely one of the best corners in the league. Not the biggest guy, but there's there's not anybody he can he can't run with. Big, but he kind of plays big.
0: You disagree with yeah. that? Like that's one thing I love about his game is that for one of these guys, that's not like your
2: thirty three inch armors. He he kind of will mix it up with anybody. Yeah, I guess. Feisty is the word. Maybe that's like a backhanded compliment, but yeah, he's he's definitely one of the more physical guys, especially for his size. Yeah, I think he's such a big part of what the Bills do
0: defensively. I think when they're at their best, it's it's when he's on the field and he's and he's really doing his thing, locking up the number one. Another guy, I think scheme versatility is there with him, can play in the man, can play in the zone, can do some press stuff, even though he's not the biggest. I think seasonally.
2: he's really good at press.
0: Yeah, I think I think he's yeah, like I'm saying despite his size, I don't I I think the receivers don't like it when he gets physical with them at all. And basically, he's he's a he's a target suppressor, you know, the way that I see things like when he's on the field, I see him as somebody that you really you really don't want to test even if you have your your number 1 lined up against him. Stats, tell me why I'm wrong. Yeah, not
1: not terribly wrong. I will note as it relates to like the time played and stuff like that like he's declined in games played every year the past five so that hurts just in terms of like accumulating volume so definitely like a year or two ago would have been one of the top guys on on our list because he had four straight years of of really awesome performance to to start out his career but injuries and stuff have have definitely taken a toll and to your point of, of target suppression really is not like an outstanding performer in terms of breaking up plays like the, the deserved catch percentage is fine but gets his hand on the ball and makes plays in, in that sense but and also is a pretty good target to and that is part of total points so good stuff all right let's keep it moving
0: number six on the nerd list before we get to the top fives we
2: have Jair alexander not talking about him
1: Ray. is that the first time we've had a person that we've deferred i believe so all right some weird stuff. All right. So the top five then. Yeah. So now we start getting to the, I hope we have lots of hits from here on. (laughs) We'll have some hits. I feel very confident that we will have three. I am not as confident that we will nail all of them. Number five here is one of our poster children for why we might want to use some kind of multi-year something, something Tariq Willen from the Seahawks. Go ahead. Let's talk about him. We predicted that you would bring up another Seahawks corner and
0: uh, Bryce already told you that, that he's got he's got good sources that'll tell you that he's not even the best one, so go on.
1: Yeah, so from a... I will say that compared to what might have happened, if we're talking about comparing one year of performance to comparing multiple years of performance, like, he only ranks 13th in pass coverage shuttle points, so he doesn't have some, like, super outstanding performance in that sense. There are definitely players who have had better performance in smaller samples than, than he did, but in terms of the other stuff, played a, a really good amount of, of press coverage, deserved catch rate, which, of course, over one year is a smaller sample, et cetera, et cetera but is number one in compared to the other players on this list. Hand on ball, got, got his hand on the ball a lot, was not as good in terms of getting called for a decent amount of penalties, didn't have a ton of success in man, and was really not blitzing or anything. But the pretty solid total points production combined with Getting his hand on the ball and just in general, breaking up plays was a big contributor here.
2: Yeah, I really like Woolen. We talked about him, if only for the reason that we knew you guys would have him on his list based on his rookie year. Height, weight, speed freak, really good ball skills. But I would agree with your, the statistical assessment that he's not that good in man yet. I think he's he's been really good in like press bail and some more of their zone stuff. Not a lockdown man guy yet, but all the physical tools are there. The ball skills are there. I just, I think the production, the ball production specifically is getting him a little more hype than the rest of his game at this point.
0: Yeah, we had him, we had him right at number 12 on our list, kind of in that outside looking in smorgasbord of players around the luxurious needs of the world. Like him a lot. Awesome rookie year. Wasn't ready to put him up that high because of all the stuff that Bryce said he is somebody amazing you know obviously all the length in the world even more so than you know going back to like Richard Sherman in that defense and stuff like that but like Richard Sherman really benefits from being able to play with his eyes on the quarterback and even though they're doing different things defensively than they did years ago in Seattle i think that philosophically a lot of the idea of trying to get eyes on the quarterback and trying to make things look confusing even even when you're just kind of dressing up very simple things, I think that's a great fit for him. And I was impressed by his ball production. And I think as people keep attacking him, keep they'll keep having that production. So I'm I'm more curious now to hear about like the Michael Jackson senior argument over him
1: because I'm fascinated that they they both made this top ten list. Well, we didn't oh in terms of the, the Seahawks people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll have them on the podcast.
2: I, I DM'd them we'll to confirm that they liked him as much and one of them thought I was talking about the singer. So I'll I'll keep you posted. <laughs> Can you do your Matty impression? Matthew Brown.
0: Oh dear. Obama. Oh Baba. That was a little bit better. You started off really poorly there. All right. Let's go to number five. This is where we had our a real breaking point on our list where we think these top five guys are all really, really, really good. Number five, former Detroit Lion, current Philadelphia Eagle,
2: Darius Slay. We chatting? Go ahead. Aw. Okay, so I know Slay is getting up there in age. I still think he's a pretty good athlete. He He was extremely fast coming out of school. Not as fast as he once was, but he's still got good speed. I like his versatility. Play different techniques. He can play... He can play off, he can play press, he can play bail. Not really a guy who goes into the slot, but on the outside he can he can do pretty much anything you ask of him. The ball skills are really good. The technique has gotten better and better with age. Just a really, really solid outside corner. Being the amount of lines that
0: you watch and what, what he was there at sort of the peaks of his powers, I think he's the sort of player that... that Sort of transforms a defense just by, by being there. And I think that Alex's Eagles have seen that, that even though by, by our statistics, I know Bradbury was sort of a, a total point starling last year. I do think that a lot of the engine that made the Eagles secondary run was Darius Slay and his ability. My favorite, favorite thing that he does is he runs routes for the receiver. If you if you want to look across the NFL right now, I think if there's one guy that I would want the teaching tape of how to read what the offensive player is doing and beat him to the spot, that's something that I see Darius Slade do against some of the top receivers in a league in a way that when he's when he's on, he's just dangerous because if you throw the ball in in that direction, there's a there's a really good chance that he can get his hands on it and make a play there. So I think the, I think he's just a, a terrific player. I know the numbers last year didn't I think reflect the sort of level of play that that he brings. A, a little bit of a sleeper hero for the Eagles last year I think actually. But this is the guy that I think
1: earns every bit of the money that that he gets paid out there in Philadelphia. In terms Yeah, so he I'll I'll give James credit for he hi- every time we go through these lists, he highlights a bunch of names that he thinks that you guys are going to yell about. And Darius Slay is the only one colored in orange while everyone else is colored in yellow. So he nailed that there would be a, a conversation here.
2: Ooh, so orange is not who I thought it was. Do you, wanna, do you two want to take a guess of where we have him ranked on our list? Don't do that. Something really bad. Probably like the seventh. Be- not high enough. 63rd. Oh, that's a that's a So...
1: Yeah, so James can go through the the results here that might contribute.
3: Yeah, so his rankings and pass cover total points have him at seventy-third, his run defense total points have him at forty-fourth, press coverage was really bad at 145th, and yeah, everything everything else kinda is along the same the same line. Broken missed tackle seventy-sixth, hand on ball eighty-eighth, deserved catch percentage fifty-second, penalties are really bad at 154th. Yeah, fifty-fourth in yards after catch, yards after catch allowed. And then he does line up out wide a lot, so he was, he did ranks well in the slot cornerback percentage. But yeah, a lot of, in terms of a lot of the metrics, he kind of was standard
2: around where his rank is. And and uh, this is why evaluating cornerbacks is a fool's
1: errand and fraught at best. So the, the phrase, peak of his powers, was mentioned, and I think that's relevant here, where like, none of his Four most recent seasons, mostly for the Eagles, have been as good from a total points perspective as the previous seasons. So, is definitely not at the same level that he was, and that's part of of it. Like if if we were talking about his 2016 to 18 range, definitely makes our list and might be top five. The one thing that is kind of interesting about his season is that he dropped four interceptions, and from a total points perspective, that's a meaningful distinction basically those get you you sort of get given credit for breaking up the play but you lose credit for not catching the ball so it's kind of a funky evaluation but basically it, it means that there's a bunch of plays that he left on the field that would have been super high value
0: pretty interesting looking at how sky high some of his you know 2017 2018 the total points are up there with any any corner and specifically the pass coverage total points but it really has come down and it hasn't really been like He's been avoided, like maybe not 100 targets like he had in 2017, but he's still getting 60, 70 targets thrown his way each year. But maybe just something there to be said for if you stay away from a guy just that much, like all those extra throws are the ones that he was really making offenses pay for the years he's having eight interceptions and stuff like that. Stay away from him a little bit. You mute his ability to have an impact. But what more can you ask for? right? It's like complaining about Darrell Revis not getting interceptions when he doesn't get targeted. All right, moving from number five to number four on the scouts list. Bryce, I think we got a match here, right? Yeah, we got Sauce Gardner fourth. We'll talk about him later. Oh, we knew he was going to come
1: somewhere in there. All right, number four on the nerds. Who do you got? Number four on the nerds. I also suspect that we might be talking about later. That is Pat Sertan. Fucking embarrassing. Number four is fine. I will say that that all of the players who we have ranked in the top four are in the top five in the past coverage total points weighted average. So these are the players who have been the most productive in the thing we care about the most. All right, on to number three. First, how does that work? Per season? How does it work for... It's per oh, season, yeah. All right, number three,
0: back to you guys.
1: Yeah, number three, I also expect that we will be talking about the... Second, no, the third best corner on the Miami Dolphins, Jalen Ramsey. <laughs> we'll talk about him later. Yeah. Big, Big Coco lovers over there, huh? I mean, he shows that he's number two. I said that the, the, the top four guys were in the top five of, of total points. Kato Koku, number two, shout out. Okay, number
0: three. This is, yeah, we, we start to get real passionate about, about these players, and we're going to be talking about them immediately now, so... Bryce, you want to start off the conversation on Jair Alexander,
2: who's three on our list and six on the nerds list? Yeah, so Jair Alexander, another player who probably is a bit of an afterthought when talking about top corners, just because of how the Green Bay defenses performed the past couple of years. He's been a huge bright spot for them, still really young. What can I say about him? Smaller guy, but very fast, very quick, and extremely physical, plays the ball pretty well, can play inside and outside for them he goes into the slot he'll play out wide can play press can play his own very sticky in man coverage has that alpha dog mentality we talked about earlier really really love this player hate that he's on the packers curious as to what you guys saw in the
1: numbers i'll preface by saying that a big contributor here is missing time yep so from a, and James can lay out the the numbers since that was technically his his guy, but that's definitely a big part of of ranking merely ninth in the pass coverage total points.
3: Yep. So Alex mentioned ninth in pass coverage total points was eighteenth in deserved catch percentage, so pretty high up on that list. And then yeah, his his pass coverage total points being ninth is what really kind of propelled him into the top ten. Sixty seventh in slot corner, so he's lining out, out wide a good bit relative to the rest of the guys in the top ten. And actually, his positive percentage against man 22nd, which is the third best out of players in the top 10, does well in man-to-man schemes in limiting positive plays.
0: The most interesting thing to me with Jair Alexander is we knew he was a good player. Well, two things, actually. Number one, these quote-unquote small corners. We're not talking about like a 5'8 guy here, but we're not talking about a long corner. I get so annoyed with when we do the draft every year that like we can only talk about long corners being like the good corners. He's an example of an elite player who doesn't have elite length, and that exists too. So I don't know. We all get caught up in in some of the combine measures, and he's a good reminder of that. But what I was going to say, the most interesting thing about him is for me is how as the Packers have changed their defense and seeing how they deployed him in 2022, I think that the arrow is still up on this guy. I think that he is sort of just coming into his prime right now in terms of what he can be in this league. I know the interception production was up a little bit. One thing that I wouldn't have noticed if I didn't look into the numbers right now is he switched from being a guy that was primarily aligned on the left side through the first four years of his career to being primarily aligned on the right side last year. I don't think that explains a lot of why he was much more productive, but I do think that there were other schematic differences and ways that he was deployed more productively that coincided with that that I'm excited about this player. I think I think it's arrow up here. I hope he stays healthy because he's he's about as good as any corner
1: in the NFL right now. Yeah, we I mentioned earlier about like the the really solid corner seasons being above that like 50 to 60 range in total points and aside from the the year that was mostly lost in 2021 has been above that threshold each of the, each of the three you know three of the years that he's actually been around. I think a defense
0: with Rashawn Gary and Jair Alexander would be better, but taking a little bit of time there. All right. Number two. I think this is back to us. We can finally talk about him,
2: Bryce. The Miami Dolphins' very own Jalen Ramsey. He was going to be go on the
0: nerds list. Do I want to go first? Sure. Super familiar player, I think, for everybody. An absolutely elite press guy. As physical a player as you'll see in the game. Really transformed the Rams' defense and in terms of what he was able to bring there and, and and help propel them to the Super Bowl championship. He's another guy that that every once in a while he'll lose a rep, but he's going to show right back up, have quick memory, and really bring it to the offense. That's what I think he he his like sort of superpower is as a corner is his ability to really be sort of like an offensive player on defense. He's he's such an ultra aggressive player. That even though he's not a pass rusher, it almost feels like he's attacking you when he's in coverage. Super exciting for him to be on Miami. I mentioned before I'm not even sure he's the best corner on Miami, and I'm not talking about Cater Kohu, but it could be scary if these guys are both really on their game and we get elite Xavier Howard and Jalen Ramsey. That's just as formidable as Tyree Kill and, and Jalen Waddle. Probably a bigger a bigger range of outcomes on Jalen Ramsey. I could see him falling on this list if it if it doesn't come together the same way. But also, you know, there's another team that you can see the the secondary helping to propel them to a major playoff run. Bryce?
2: Yeah, I I think Ramsey obviously is still up there as one of the top corners in the league. Absolute prototype, really good size, fast, strong, aggressive as hell. To your point, Matt, like he, he loses a rep every now and then. I think people are pretty quick to try and single out his his bad reps as reason for him not being good anymore but i I still think he's one of the best in the league yeah I'm sure whatever
0: points you guys take away from him for for aligning in the slot a decent percentage of the time he's probably making it back for what he does in run defense there and and, and what he brings physically to your defense as a as a box defender when he's in there
1: yeah if you to whatever extent you can sort of like look at a stat sheet and read. What a player is like. Ramsey is really a good example of that. Number one in run defense, total points, top thirty something in broken and missed tackle rate. The Des- deserved catch percentage is really low, just in terms of like being able to to be physical at the catch point. Top twenty in yards after catch per completion. So just like a a really good physical presence at corner. We've talked about a lot of players who have like ranks that are quite low in a variety of things. Like he is top five in all three total points dimensions that we've included here
0: that sound means that he is the winner all right that's number two
1: on the scout side jalen ramsey let's go to number two on the nerd side yeah so number two on the nerd side is tyson campbell of the jaguars
0: Uh Uh aha this was my number 11 this was the guy i wanted ahead of denzel ward and aj Terrell, and he's up at number two tell me why i'm smart
1: well, I, I'm going to tell you why we're smart and you're smart by association. So fourth in the pass coverage total points average does not have quite an, as extreme of a, of a situation as as some other players. is also seventh in run defense. That's really a, a, a tying element of the top three guys on our list. All of them are, are in top 10 in terms of contributing in the run game. Also, all of them are, are pretty good at, at, I suppose, related to the, the run game thing, like good tacklers. Avoided penalties, avoids big plays after the catch, plays outside, a lot of those things that that we're looking for. And really just like a ton of rankings that are in that like thirty to forty range, and when there are a whole bunch of players who have other disqualifying factors, as tends to be the case when you just include so many metrics, like being pretty good top, you know, quarter in a whole bunch of metrics can get you to number two.
0: Yeah, man, I'll I'll tee you up, Bryce, but, but you can correct me where I'm wrong. But it, this guy, I think, has a lot of prototypical tools and abilities. You saw coming out of Georgia with him. He's a guy that does have that length that you look for, that, that sort of all the measurable tools. And his rookie year, I thought he was fine. Last year, I thought he really cemented himself as one of the ascending corners in the NFL in terms of just being a lockdown player on the outside. You mentioned Alex, not a lot of weakness to his game, be it the phase, be it how they deploy him. He can play press. He can do other things. I think he's an exciting ascending player because last year we started to see the physical tools that he have start to really manifest themselves into, into a top level player. So he's not quite with, you know, these, uh, these blue chippers that we're talking about right now for me, but I love, I love him on the top 10 list. And I think that we could, we could look around if he can string together a couple more seasons like this which I think is very possible with what they've assembled from a pass rush perspective in front of him in Jacksonville. Uh, I think he could be a guy that, that we are
1: talking about in that category soon. I will note here that a lot of what you said could have been the same thing you said about AJ Terrell a year ago. And so like the profile looks very similar, like not an outstanding rookie year, has a, a really good second year, in fact, was number one among quarterbacks in total points. And yeah. that third year is going to tell you which one of those things to believe more.
0: Yeah, they're number 10 and number 11 on our list right there. So I think safe to say that they're both good
2: players. But yeah, the the, the sort of leveling off, that'll be interesting to watch for sure. I think the thing that makes Campbell really scary is he's starting to get pretty good at press. And his recovery speed is insane. So it's, it's just, I, I don't know how you beat a guy who can consistently beat you. At the line of scrimmage, off your release, but also recover if you happen to win a rep at the line of scrimmage. Like it's it's yeah. hard. I'd, yeah, the exact opposite of what I was saying before about like you don't have to have all the physical traits to be a great
0: corner. You could also be this guy and have all the physical great traits, and now start to figure it out, and then that's that's like even
1: more of a problem.
0: All right, let's keep it moving and go to
1: number one on the nerd list. Number one, on the nerd list we already you already know who it is it is sauce gardener of the Chets. so this is yeah we use if you have one year of data and you're awesome in that one year and and we acknowledge that this is a variable position and it's just as likely that he does a an h a trial or whatever but coming out of college was you know a elite prospect really stood out in terms of of his press performance in college that really wasn't as much of what he was asked to do in his first year at the nfl but really good tackler deserved catch rate third and Tariq woolen's the one who's first so we're talking about like you know those single season outstanding numbers in terms of preventing receptions number one in success rate allowed in man coverage so a lot of the things we care about the most about cornerback play was just like nailing that stuff in a rookie year, where there were pretty high expectations.
0: Your list went in the opposite direction of my complaints from last week. <sighs> yeah, now it's all these one-year production players, rookies, like like all this kind of stuff. So how would you how would you have
1: accounted for a player like that? Like how would I, you if you if you know you want to include a player like Sauce Gardner?
0: I'm assuming he had a thousand snaps. Yeah. So I, yeah, I would have started off with taking all of the metrics that you had on a rate basis, including total points and cutting off at a thousand snaps and seeing what that list looked like. And like, if I thought it was including too many people that didn't have enough experience in there, but yes, I can see how he would be a very big problem. You need to make a special rule for rookies
1: just to deal with him. Yeah. And for what it's worth, if we had done that. Ignoring the, the rate stat part, if we just sort of like changed the the snap minimum here, the names that are like just below, just outside of our top 10, you, James Bradbury gets in at that point. And then you get like Kendall Fuller and Charverius Ward, which is not, you know, you might have different kinds of, of gripes with those players making in, but those are definitely guys who have been around more.
0: Ward and Bradbury were on our outside looking in list as well. So... I think that (laughs) we don't have to do the step where I move the guys up to say that those guys are in the right place. Interesting. So maybe it's just that. Maybe maybe the the snap minimum would make me happier. I don't disagree with Sauce. We had him at number four. You have him at number one. This is just a matter of, I think he was the best corner in the NFL last year. I think that you have to string together more than, than one year, your rookie year, and I don't think he's a perfect player by any means. I think there's, there probably will be a little bit of a sophomore slump to be expected, but I still think, like I said, we ended up with him at number four on our list in that top five, uh, that first tier of players. I just think that the three guys that we have above him, we've seen, we've seen them do it more, and that's why I have more confidence in them right now. Bryce, what do you want to add about Ahmad? I don't have a whole
2: lot to add. I agree with your sentiment, obviously, that I'd like to see him do it for more than one year, but... I was admittedly a little skeptical about him coming out of Cincinnati. Obviously, his his statistical profile was really good. I was a little concerned about him being from a G five school, but he's, I mean, he was phenomenal this past year. Looks to be a lockdown guy from jump, and that's why we have him fourth. I just would like to see it for another year because our top guy has done it for more than one year. Segway Patrick Sert-
0: and the second. Was he junior or second? The second, second. I guess. a pretty prototypical prospect coming out was a great player for three years at Alabama, basically stepping in, being their stud. And I'm pretty sure coached by his dad in high school. And his dad now coaching Xavier Howard and Jalen Ramsey in Miami, along with Sam Madison, I'm also pretty sure. So Patrick Sertain, as somebody who grew up a Dolphins fan, he's always going to make me think of his dad. And he's he's surpassed him in terms of who he is as an NFL player. He's even better physically than his his dad, Patrick Sertan Sr., was as a player. And then he brings with it all of the savvy, all of the ability to hand fight and press, all the ability to win at the line of scrimmage and and punish you just throughout a game when you're lined up against him. And then on top of that, he's bigger, faster, and stronger. For those reasons, because we've seen him do it for a couple years now, to me, he's the top corner in the NFL. All these guys are close in the top five here, but for for the the balance
2: of traits and maybe a little bit of homerism, he gets he gets number one on my list. I'm gonna throw it back to like the old Madden 05 days. Do you guys remember when you could like randomize the parents for your create a player? You guys remember? Oh, I missed that era. That sounds hilarious though yeah you you could like roll for better speed and awareness stats like if your if your dad was a doctor like you had higher awareness if your mom was a uh, a former collegiate is sprinter you were faster it feels like this feature should have been canceled it's 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 it's, it's kind of problematic when you think about it but uh <laughs> it, it definitely is but like certain he plays corner like like when you think about somebody whose dad was an all-pro nfl corner like he he plays like you would expect the child of an all-pro NFL corner to play. like Extremely technical, extremely athletic. I don't really see any weakness in his game at all. Came into the league and was dominant year one. Very, very good in press. Is like already, like Matt said, uh, very savvy, especially for a young player. I, I think he's easily my number one guy. I, I think Matt probably has it closer, but I, I think he's far and away the best guy in the league right now
1: from a statistical perspective he does not stand out as much ends up being third in total points and coverage which really drives where he ranks but like everything else is no better than 35th something like that so is not standing out in the same way from a statistical profile perspective i will give him a lot of credit for having 58 total points, even season with only two interceptions. That's pretty strong performance. That's that is part target to turns, part making plays at the catch point, part making you know tackles in the run game, and whatever. So, definitely like contributes in in multiple ways, but is not is not a standout other than sort of the, the sum of all parts performance
0: after a seven through 10 on the cornerback list where we had zero matches. In numbers one through six, we have four of the same players on both the jock and the nerd list. The jocks, one through six, Pat Sertan, Jalen Ramsey, Jair Alexander, Sauce Gardner, Darius Slay, and Tradavius White. On the nerd side, a very similar, Sauce Gardner, Tyson Campbell, who would have been 11 on the jocks, Jalen Ramsey, Pat Sertan, Tariq Woolen, who was number 12 on um, the jocks, and Jair Alexander. So... Your top six were in our top 12, which is more than we can say about our sort of seven through 10 range. Sounds Uh, like a dub. Did we just lose, Bryce? Eat that W. All right. On that note, we'll sign off and get out of here. For our producer, Justin Stein, wherever you are, and the R&D Jamboree, Alex Vigderman, James Weaver, and Bryce Rossler, I'm Matt Manicharian, and thank you for listening to the latest episode of the SIS Off the Charts Football Podcast.